Should I do it and again? Rock. Should I say it again? Yeah. Rock and roll. Hoochicoo. I really miss, I really miss those guys on the street. I know. You got to think that they're doing a rock and roll hoochicoo from the safety of their homes. They a hundred percent are. Yeah, they are. That dad and his daughter have a, a ritual of rock and roll hoochie going every every day together, just yelling it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he tucked her into bed at night by saying rock and roll, and she said hoochie coo. I I bet that's real. Oh, I hope it is. I hope it is too. Wherever they are, guys, if you're listening, I hope you're okay. Our two friends, if you're out there. They're we out there. Rocking and rolling and hoochie-cooing. They're out there. The, I, if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that, I mean, this podcast reaches a, a wide, wide audience. Oh, an incredible amount of people. Yeah, to the hundreds of millions of people listening right now, you're welcome for this mm-hmm. and welcome. Thank you and you're welcome. Yeah. Welcome to That's the Spirit podcast where we talk about ghosts and ghouls, creatures of the night. And friendship. Tombstones. And tombstones oh, as well. <laughs> yeah. And of course, last but not least, tombstones. And tombstones. Bells tolling. Yeah. Bats. Bats. Uh, fruit and wampier bats. Mm, speaking of, I, oh, I I have not been able to dig into it yet, but season two I know. of what we do in the Shadows came out. I did watch the first episode, and it, it is funny and wonderful, and of course it is, because it's the best. I cannot wait. It has been fun re-watching last season also. Last season is a, is a crown jewel of entertainment. Um, That's so good. Guys, we've talked about it before, but it's one of our favorite movies, and now also one of our favorite TV shows. What we do in the Shadows... You oh gotta check it out. You've simply gotta check. I gotta it out. say, when things are bad, it's the perfect movie to watch. It is like it is a constant. It, it's a rock in the eye of the storm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it will ground you. It will make you feel whole. A again. diamond in the rough. Yeah, it's perfect. I need there to be unlimited mockumentaries from now until the end of this health crisis. I know. I feel like. There hasn't been a great one in a, in a little bit, in mm-hmm. a while. I know. And that's a market that, like, you would think people would be rushing to fill because, like, if you've got an iPhone, you can film a mockumentary. Yeah, and also, like, I have yet to see a mockumentary really, really fail. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's a, it's, a, it's a format. It's a, you know, it's a style that I'll always enjoy. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I think I think we should make one. I think that we should. And listener, as you probably know, we already we have we have a yeah. masterpiece <laughs> lost to the sands of time. And <laughs> if we could do it, then we can do it again. If we can make the best movie ever and lose it to the mm-hmm. sands of time, you better believe we can do one, and then maybe and then not just, lose it. Maybe somebody will see it yeah. someday. Someday. Yeah. I think we could do it. I do I have a mockumentary that I want to make about the Antichrist pretty badly. And I have been yeah. trying trying to think of how to do it for years. Um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I, su- I suppose. <laughs> we'll see. We do have so many other movies down in the pipeline already, so... I know it's it's hard to like prioritize it. like yeah. I don't like having to choose one over the other. I will say mockumentaries are historically low budget. 
mm-hmm. for this one though, I, I I did write in a lot of blood blood things, a lot of yeah. normal stuff, a lot of demon stuff. So you know, you could do it pretty cheaply with practical effects, uh, oh, not have sure. to spend that much in post. You know, just buy a lot oh, of ketchup, yeah. and I feel like it'll be fine. A lot of ketchup. Yeah. But make sure you, you got to get a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm talking like we're going to Costco, okay? We're going to Sam's Club. Yep. We're looking at Halloween decorations online right now. <laughs> Actually, like this time last year, I was because I was planning the Halloween in July party. Ugh, I miss it. I do too. I still have all of that stuff. I still Honestly, have all of that stuff. Uh, the coffin is still in my family's house. Um, oh, my God. I'm very glad that my dad was like, we can't throw away this masterpiece. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, ugh, if, if I could leave the house, you better believe I would be coming over for Halloween in July. I mean, whenever, whenever it's okay to yeah. have a party again, I'm having the Halloween party. You simply must. Yeah, that needs to be, like, the number one first thing that happens is a Halloween party. I can't, yeah. like, imagine a scenario where we don't see each other for, like, months, and then the first time we see each other, we're dressed insane. I would love that. <laughs> I think that is the the best way that we can honor, Yeah, like, the 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 end of the quarantine. Yeah, and then, like, we, we all convene, and it's Halloween. No matter when oh. it is, it's Halloween. I mean, I it only crossed my mind this week. I think we were talking about it. Oh, my yeah. God, listener, by the way, we got to see each other yesterday. We did. We did. I went and it I sat on a, on a bench in their front yard, and they sat on their stoop. It was such a beautiful, wonderful hang. It gave me it a lot of life. It was so wonderful. Oh, my God. It was – it is – the most social interaction yeah. I have had yeah. in months, uh, and yeah. I felt so alive. I was, mm-hmm. I, it was freezing cold, and I was like, I am not getting up. I'm not moving. We're not yeah. leaving. She was very cold, but yeah, you, was, you refused to leave. Uh, it was great, it was and so I so great. I will say, almost uh, like a high, like I've never experienced. Yeah, like totally. just compounded walking outside being outside sitting on a bench oh my god. seeing my friends watching it other was, people pass by on the sidewalk oh my god exchanging food getting to judge oh. people silently by yeah. like looking at them and listeners you, you you better believe we were in masks we were you know the full oh yeah 100 we percent uh compliant with all of the laws and what you should do um, but you know what? Other people yeah. weren't. Other people certainly weren't. And to those people, people, I say, really, shame on you. What are you doing? You guys, wear a mask. Why not? Yeah. What else are you going to do? What else are you doing? Not do you- only why not, but it's mandated. In yeah, New York. you do have to. You do have to, first of all. Second yeah. of all, why wouldn't you? It's not that inconvenient. You no. know? The only inconvenient thing is that one of my masks, the I have a, a hefty style mask from a while ago mm. that, you know, is from my mom because she is a nurse. And yeah. this one hefty style mask, I will say, it's hot as fuck. And when you oh, think about... Oh, thick fabric? Oh, man. It's not even fabric. It's like, well, I guess it's fabric and then it's lined with some kind of a... It's not plastic, but it may as well be... Because it just oh, wow. traps condensation 
And like, it's, it's such a surgical mask that like, if I uh, had a flame in front of it and tried to blow it out, I couldn't do it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, those are, those are surgical masks. And as it turns out, extremely fucking uncomfortable and hard to breathe in. And I didn't really realize that when people were doing surgery, they're also like so physically uncomfortable. Struggling against. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really ever put it together, but, um, I mean, this is a permanent shout out to all medical workers. Oh my God. Uh, First responders, EMT, firefighters, every every single person, permanent shout out for the rest of our lives. Yeah, Uh, forever. I mean, it's not even enough. Like a a thank you doesn't even begin to cover it. Thank you. And I'm sorry. And uh, just all of it. Yeah. And also like, you know, I wish I could just like become as skilled as you right away and try to take some of the stress off by helping out. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I can't. So the best thing to do, and I am going to do a little PSA is to stay the fuck inside everybody. Yeah, stay, stay the fucking side. Wear a mask. And whatever you it's do, not that hard. Don't go to the capital of your town or city or state and protest in any way. You fucking oh idiots. Oh boy. Yeah, please don't. Like nobody. Ugh. Like you're pro. You look stupid. You're protesting for your right to spread a disease. It's the most insane thing in the world. It doesn't make any sense, and you're doing the world a disservice by being selfish. I want to like go up to all these people and I don't wish harm on them, but I do wish that I could slap them in the face, just slap them in the face and just be like, wake up. What are you doing? You got to look at this. It just reeks of like privilege in the sense that they don't understand the full impact of like how bad it is because they haven't experienced it firsthand. Like I'm, I'm sorry that you can't go and buy like, I don't even know seasonal flowers right now, but yeah, I don't really know. And the other thing is you can, the other thing is the store is open for most of the things that you want. Yeah, most stores are open, like, you know, obviously restaurants and bars are suffering. For the most part, you can, you know, I don't know. You just can't, like, be in a big fucking group. Yeah. Like, that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that that's asking too much. No. And I also, you know, I don't, a lot of people like, I hope these people learn the hard way. I really don't. I don't want anybody to, you know, if anybody gets sick cause they tried to protest about a sickness, it, it just falls, it just falls on the medical workers at the end of the day. Yeah. And I just, you know, man, I don't know. There's no solution. You're making life harder for the people doing the most good. Yeah. And it's not like anybody who's that stupid listens to this podcast. I hope if you do, I'm just going to say this isn't for you and get out of here. I don't (laughs) care. Like get out, leave. (laughs) I don't care. Yeah. You don't know us. You don't know us. You don't know us. You don't know us. Clearly. You clearly don't know where we stand. No, obviously. Yes. If we did trick you for this long, uh, I don't know. I'm I guess impressed. you were just hearing what you wanted to hear this whole time, but yeah, I, I would be very impressed, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I know that we have some hot takes and some controversial uh, points sure. of view usually, but w- this one I think is pretty mainstream and sane. Yeah. No, this one part. I think, 
I, I feel like this one shouldn't be that hot. Mm. I, I would agree. This I I have actually two two hot takes. One hotter than the next. Ooh, tell that me. I wanted to share with you that are my Please my do. stories for today. Ooh, a lot. Okay, I can't wait. All right, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sink my teeth right into it, if you don't mind. Get into it. Right. No, go for it. So Please. I've got two. I've got two, and we're we're heading our way back to Old England Town, where Ugh. so many of our Classic. favorite ghosts are from. So this one's out of Somerset. I'm obviously okay. using the sun as my source today. <laughs> uh, this is an article written, written by George Harrison, and that is true. That yeah, is his man's versatile. name. What a versatile man. Yep. <laughs> In 2017, the ghost of him wrote this. This wow. is the chilling story of Sally in the wood. Okay? Oh. There's a creepy okay. forest where no birds sang, and the ghost oh. of a murdered girl haunts visitors. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, it's just outside the city of Bath, which is Oh I, I think love it, Bath. It's so beautiful. Oh, you've been to Bath? I've been to Bath. It is gorgeous. Oh, well, I mean, I'm looking at pictures of the surrounding area and it looks gorgeous. I feel like yeah. people don't talk about how funny it is that there's a town called Bath enough. Well, like, you can just bathe anywhere you want. Do you know? Yeah. It's just called Bath. Yeah. It's mm. lovely. Wonderful. Mm, cool well, just outside and, the yeah. city of Bath, you'll find a road which many locals are reluctant to drive down, especially Uh-oh. at night. Uh-oh. Known as Sally in the Wood, the road cuts through Brown's Folly, a patch of woodland supposedly haunted by the ghost of a murdered girl. This oh, is like man. a classic. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this it. is like a classic haunting. This is. Yeah. I love this style. Mm. Many say that the birds in the woods can't sing. Or that they, uh-uh. honestly, I'm, I'm going to translate this into saying that they definitely can, but they won't sing. Yeah, they're too scared. Yeah, and the road through it has garnered a local reputation. It's a dangerous place to drive after dark. Ooh, scary. Okay. Drivers have reported hearing a child scream from the darkness of the woods. That is terrifying. Some, that's insane. Also, though, I grew up in a place where that was happening all the time, and it just rolled off my yeah, back. I, I used to do it myself. I was one, yeah, many, many, many moons ago. <laughs> and some swear they've seen the ghost of a young girl running out into the road. Legend Ooh. has it that Sally, a murdered girl, haunts the wood at night. Causing, intentionally causing car crashes on okay, the unlit stretch of road where she ventures out from between the trees. It's so not cool to it's, do that. It's uncool and not a fun trick at all. No. Um, Very risky. Yeah. So locals 100% believe in this. It's not uncommon for drivers to just refuse to pass through the woods once the sun has set. Damn. Um, and I'm looking at the road now, and it is like... Let me see if I can just text message you this. Ooh, yeah, send it. Uh, because I just want you to see that this is like, whoop, I don't know if you could hear that snapshot sound. This is a very, very um, scary looking road from like bird's eye view. All right, I just texted you this picture. Okay. And it's it's scary looking. Ooh. You know Ooh, what I wow. mean? The way it truly yeah. unnecessarily cuts all the way through the woods. And it's like very deep through the center of the woods too. Yeah, it's in the the, the right immediate center. Ooh, and of course scary. it looks like it's not that much woods from bird's eye view, but it's it's a lot of woods. I'm, 
I would, I would venture to say. Yeah. Um, so the story of Sally in the wood centers on a sinister tower in Brown's Ooh. Fall. Yeah, where Sally, a traveler girl, a gypsy girl, it says here, but I think, you know, I don't know if that's the right thing to say, was supposedly imprisoned in the 18th century. Locked up without food and water, the girl was left to die in the tower, according to this chilling legend. And the tower is also very spooky, and it's one of those things where, like, if you just saw this tower in the middle of the road, I'm sorry, the woods, you would be like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If I saw a tower in the middle of the woods, I would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. And 100%. so I did text you a picture of the tower. It's, it's spooky. It's a tower with like a single, uh, Ooh, it is spooky. It's, it's definitely a Rapunzel tower. There's one, Whoa. one little, uh, window at the very, very top. And the inside of it is just, it, Oh my God. The inside of it's even worse. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also of Mm -hmm. course sending a picture of this. The inside is even worse because it is, um, kind of like on all four sides of the inside of the square tower is kind of like cube stairs that are touching each wall with no railing, like a railing. Oh my God. Yeah. It's it's really bad. It almost looks like the inside of a well. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it's really, Very really scary. scary. Very um, scary. I don't like it. So, no. so all that, to, a number of ghost hunting websites have dedicated themselves to finding the truth behind the legend. But of uh-huh. course, kind of like in Dudley Town, oh, a lot no. of a lot of stuff doesn't work in oh, the woods God. here. Um, and by stuff, I mean guys, you should listen to our Dudley Town episode. But um, mm-hmm. like you know, equipment malfunctions. Uh, trees fall on people's heads, that, that kind of thing. Stuff goes wrong when they try to document yeah. too much in Sally in the Woods. Um, also, not a lot of people are brave enough to actually investigate the woods at night because of their legend surrounding it. Um, Makes sense to me. Yeah, passed on in local pubs, etc. on the internet. One site that I found, the Ghost Hunt UK, which is obviously the greatest. Love it. Claims that Sally in the Wood has been the scene of eight fatal car crashes in the past decade, most of which remain unexplained. Yeah, eight car crashes on that one road seems way too many. It seems like quite a bit. Yeah, it's also like not a long enough road, and also it's a straight shoot. Yeah, it'd be hard to get in a car accident on that road. Right, there's nothing that's going to, like, well, unless something jumps out at you. Exactly right. Um, There's also Wiltshire Wiltshire Paranormal. They offer an explanation as to where the story could have come from. So I don't love this explanation, but it is kind of fun. The site reports that Brown's Folly was the setting of a historical battle between the Royalist and Parliament forces in 1643. Hmm, Sadly was a slang term for a skirmish back in the day. Ooh, okay. So, Sally in the Woods could be traced back to that battle, maybe. Okay. okay. I don't know, okay. though, because another source, Bathford Society, offers a completely different explanation. So, mm-hmm. Sally was allegedly a real person, according to this uh, source, Okay. who spent much of her time in a hut in the woods and was believed by local children to be a witch. 
Oh, you know I love that. I know. The real-life Sally is said to have died at age 100, according oh. to local records. So not even Damn. you say records. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. So that's real. But naturally, it's not this take on the Sally in the Woods story, which has really captured local imaginations, uh-huh. except for it would have captured mine, you know? Like, yeah. that screams uh, Hansel course. and Gretel to me. If there's a 100-year-old witch living in a hut and you hear children screaming in the woods all the time, that's a witch-eating children yeah. ghost, right? No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But instead, you know, the legend is of this murdered child, uh, which has led to the road's infamy, um, spooky sightings, screams from the darkness— you know, all of that. Mm. Now, my big cues here and why I'm really, I'm pushing for the 100-year-old witch story is because I don't know why they kept a child in a tower. Why did they do that? Like, there's nothing explaining the point of it. I would like to know what the goal is. Who kept her in the tower? What what's uh is she biding her time for something? Or right. Is she and, being punished? Yeah, and also like, if 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 this was, are we supposed to? Is it implied that either the royalist or parliament forces in the 1600s decided to completely change what their whole point of being at war was mm, and like yeah. torture a child for fun? <laughs> doesn't seem right it doesn't seem right so i'm not i'm we're, we're missing some clues which are like who yeah. put her in the tower how did we, it come we to don't pass? have a lot of the who what why where when, yeah and, how. and like a i looked at i looked at the other sources ghost on uk nobody seems mm. to know who the they was that did the that did the putting in the tower of as yeah. they say sure. um so i really don't know i really don't well, know and that's why i gotta say it's a 100-year-old witch ghost. <laughs> it does make the most sense out of all yeah. of the options, I have to say. So while I was researching that, I stumbled upon another article in The Sun, of course. Yeah. And this one, this was a little bit too fun to be true. Okay. And I love it. This is the mystery of the children of Woolpit. Do you know this one? Mm-hmm. No. All right. Who were discovered in the 12th century, had green skin, spoke oh. an unknown language. What? And ate nothing but raw beans. I don't know what to say. What well, is there I'll even to tell say? You. The legend of the children of Woolpit concerns two siblings with green tinged skin who mysteriously oh. appeared in Suffolk. In the early 12th century. Oh, wow. Yes. Stunned villagers discovered the youngsters standing on the edge of a field. Their clothes were made from unfamiliar materials, and their language was undecipherable or indecipherable, depending on what way you want to spell it in this article. This article says un- The children whose names have not been recorded, which is a waste of good recording... Yeah, come on, you're already recording the other stuff. Yeah, write them down, guys. Appeared to be starving, but would not eat any food presented to them. They were taken to Woolpit, named after the devices used to trap wolves. 
which is Ooh. crazy because we have a wool have is a, a sheep thing. Pit is a pit. I, I, I guess I'm not really sure how it's called wool pit. We have a, a wolf pit in our town, though. Sure, but it's wolf me. pit. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Wolf pit. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to. Pit, you're not on board? Okay. Wolf pit, I'm going to have to maybe do a little bit of research on. All right. In that's fact, fair. In fact. <laughs> yeah. In fact. No, it's just too much for me to do some research on right now. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, I'm going to continue. Um, anyway, I guess that's what a device used for trapping wolves is called, where they're eventually, okay, so the children eventually were accepted into the home of local landowner, Sir Richard Decan, or Decane, I think it's Decan. Kind-hearted villagers brought them raw, broad beans, which they devoured. The children survived only on beans for many months until they acquired a taste for bread. <laughs> the natural progression, yeah. Unbelievable. I, have to I cannot believe this is real. This is by far the craziest thing about this story. Not that they have green skin, but that they ate raw beans for months until they were like, I guess we'd like they bread. Were like, now. We'll try bread, yeah. I guess it's all right. Bread's all right. Yeah. It's it's fine if there are no beans. Mm-hmm. So sadly, the boy became sick and died, as many children oh. did in the twelfth century. Yeah. Uh, while the girl remained in good health, carers considered her to be, quote, rather loose and wanton in her conduct. I mean, okay. I get it. The same has been said of me. I understand. Sure. And I, I get her whole thing. Over time, she lost her green skin and learned how to speak English. Two writers, Ralph, Ralph of Cogshill and William of Newburgh, reported on the sudden and unexplained arrival in the village. So relaying the story of her puzzling origins, the girl said she and her brother came from, quote, the land of St. Martin. She claimed there was no sun and all of the inhabitants were green like them. She and her brother were looking after their father's flock one day when they came across a cave. They entered the cave and wandered through the darkness until they came out the other side and were found by the villagers. That is crazy. I love it. And it's also like that, um, that show, that like German show, Dark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has I never finished that, but yeah. Um, wow. Shit. And they knew where this cave was, right? I... I don't think they could find it again. They just kind of came oh. out were suddenly where they were, turned around and were like, what? And there oh. may not have even been a cave. Over the centuries, many theories have been put forward to explain the strange account. So green skin, some people believe they were suffering from hypochromic anemia, which is caused mm. just by like a very poor diet and results in a noticeably green shade of the skin. Mm. Um, others believe they were the lost children of Flemish immigrants who settled in a nearby place known as Fornham St. Martin, which mm. was separated from Woolpit by the River Lark. Okay. But also like... That does sound like it makes sense. Here's the thing though, the beans. Well, yeah, but all children love beans. Raw beans for months on end? Maybe, maybe. And it's for that reason that I think it's this other theory. Okay. 
Robert Burton suggested in his 1621 book, The Anatomy of Melancholy, which boy, oh boy, do I need to buy. What a title. Yep. That the green children fell from heaven. Okay. Leading others to speculate that they may have been aliens. Aliens. Yup. Meanwhile, astronomer Duncan Lunan, which is... Good name. Great name, especially for like a fun astronomer, right? Duncan Lunan. It's me, Duncan Lunan, and I love the moon. And (laughs) (laughs) He hypothesized in 1996, so like very recently, that the children were (laughs) accidentally transported to Woolpit from their home planet, which may be trapped in synchronous orbit around the sun. Again, this is an astronomer. Duncan Lunan, okay? 96. I believe every word he's saying. Accidentally transported to Wolbit from their home planet, which may be trapped in synchronous orbit around its sun. Okay? Well, all of that makes perfect sense to me. I'm 100% on board with Dunk Lun, as I call him. Dunkle. Meanwhile, has a British author finally solved? Oh, wait. No, wait. No, never mind. I'm just has reading it, a, different, a different article. This is a lead into a completely yeah. different article. This is a lead well, in that says, had a British author finally solved America's most grisly murder. Grizzly murder. <laughs> I would and, like to know. Uh, I, I mean, like, this is probably how I kept clicking through the Sun articles, is I was just reading them and then <laughs> just being like, well, now I want to know. To another one. Yeah. Let yeah. me just quickly see if there's anything on the... As soon as I, cl- as I typed Woolpit into just... Chrome browser. Yeah. Um, Children of Woolpit was the first result. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, so some details that I missed out on. Oh, there's a beautiful village sign. It depicts the two two children. Oh my yeah. god, I like love it so much. It's send it to me. Let me see. It's the best. I want this as just decoration in my own home. Uh, oh, I love it so much. I am gonna just get this. Or make it somehow for myself. Um, okay, I'm I'm gonna send it to you right now. Yeah, Maybe we could do like a, a linoleum of it or something too. Ooh, I love really that. love it, and you will also love it so so much. Uh, I love it. It was erected oh, in yeah, 1977. So this has been just like the whole thing for 500, 600 years. Uh, a long fucking time. So, yeah. Again, brother and sister, you know, green skin, the whole mm. thing with beans. That was like the main thing is the beans. And that's why, uh, oh, this article or this Wikipedia also says that, you know, fortunately, the the, the son, the son, the, the boy did yeah. die after he was baptized. So, uh, you know, oh, thank okay. goodness. Thank God. Yeah. It says, again, the thing about being loose and wanton um like, what is so does that mean she was just like disobedient i think she just didn't have good manners because she uh or she was from the future yeah where she, i mean it does sound like she get to do whatever the they want um i mean i definitely would have been described as loose and wanton if i went back to oh, sure. whatever um i would be immediately killed for just saying something i think yeah uh, no we all would have been slaughtered yeah. something or another i would have been a witch i would have invented the concept of witches if i had been alive in the past i would have been the oh first one and caused many many horrible things to happen <laughs> uh yeah you so, would have had a cult 
That's true. Oh boy, boy, would I? Um, yeah. I mean, this is just saying folk tales describing that it's inhabitants from another world. Ooh, mm. this one says maybe a subterranean world. That would be very fun. Ooh, that would be very fun. That'd be really fun. And the craziest thing is that this was like a language. The language thing is also weird because they would have, if they had a neighboring town of St. Martin where they knew there were Flemish immigrants, they would have mm-hmm. been able to recognize this language. Oh, you know, yeah. They right. say that the children were speaking a completely unknown language. Yeah. Maybe they, yeah. You if know? it had been Flemish, like they would have recognized Flemish. The hundred percent they would have. I'm confused. Yeah. I don't I know. Guess also the, the girl saying they're, they come from a land where the sun never shines. Yeah, that does give me pause. It makes me think more that they are from a subterranean world, though. Yeah. Maybe St. Martin's yeah. land is below the town of whatever St. Martin. Oh, oh, it says here, maybe. too, that the girl described it like the light was always twilight. Okay, that does add another element of confusion, I gotta be honest. I really like it. That, again, I gotta think, maybe it's the cave. Maybe it's the cave. So another detail is that the children heard a sound. Okay. And then they went and they found the cave and that they were guided by the sound of bells. What? I love this. What bells? And then they emerged into our land. What? That's what she says. That she was herding her father's cattle. They heard a sound. They followed the the sound. It became the sound of bells. They followed it into a cave, and then they came upon our land. Wow. Yeah. I I don't know what to think, except I love that it's like a just like a time portal in a cave. That's all. I, that's all it can be. Honestly, I love that's it. all it can be. I love it so much. And also, Duncan Lunan. Here we go. Born in Duncan 1945. Lunan. Scottish wow. author. Emphasis on astronomy, space flight, and science fiction. There it wow. is. Okay. okay. So, yeah. Known for his science writings as well as his work on the Sight Hill Stone Circle. Oh, wow. What wow. is that? Uh, here I go. This is the thing that happens when... I just kind of uh, go on like a. I do love when you, when you Google things <laughs> on the air. Uh, very, very disappointingly, it doesn't give me a direct link to Sightill Stone Circle. Oh. Um, I can only I can only guess that this is some kind of a Stonehenge, wow. and it is. It's some it kind of be. a Stonehenge. It's basically a bunch of monoliths. That's all it is. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just any anything like this is is wonderful. I gotta think Duncan thinks this is something with aliens, so I'm all for it. I'm sure that he does. Yeah. I mean, he's the type of guy. Like, yeah, he does. It also says here that in the '70s, he reported about a possible space probe orbiting around the moon, sent by the inhabitants of a planet orbiting Epsilon Bootis. What okay. does it? What could that possibly mean? All right. Okay. So, in a 1973 article in Spaceflight, a magazine published by the British Interplanetary Society, or BIS, 
He said he had identified and deciphered a hidden radio message sent by an alien space probe that had been caught but overlooked in the late 1920s by a collaboration of Norwegian and Dutch researchers who were studying the long-delayed echo effect. It's so much. It's insane. Published along with an accompanying editorial disclaimer, Lunin maintained that the putative message came from an object at the L5 point in the same orbit as the moon, sent by the inhabitants of a planet orbiting Epsilon Buddhist. Okay? I What is Epsilon Buddhist? <laughs> I don't know. I think to me, okay, it is a binary star in the northern constellation of Buddhist. I There's no way that I'm pronouncing this right. Um, it's got like an umlaut on it. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna call it Buddhist, but Buddhist. okay, it's a star. I, I I believe so. He came to the conclusion that the message was here is his translation of the alien message. Okay, I hey. guess I'm ready. Yeah, well, I have to be. Start here. Our oh, wow. home is Upsilon Buddhist. <laughs> it's I it, it can't is, be what which is a double star. We okay. live on the sixth planet of seven coming okay. from the sun, which is the larger of the two. Our sixth planet has one moon. Our fourth planet has three. Our first okay. and third planets each have one. Okay. Our probe is in the position of Arcturus, known in okay. our maps. End of message. Okay. Uh, okay. So start I mean, here doesn't seem like anything. Start uh, here, it's like, yeah, I'm starting. That's the instructions, okay? Um, what more is there to do? I don't know. But he I is mean, still a standing member of BIS, British Interplanetary Society. I guess we should try to join that. Um, yeah, as long as it's free, I'm down. I mean... Uh, it's probably not free. He's also part of a thing called Glasgow Science Fiction Writer Circle. That um, is fun. Which seems almost like the only thing he should be allowed to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I think, like, I think that he just says, I think he thinks that the stone circles were part of summer solstice fairs. Okay. Kind of like midsummer. Yeah. That, that yeah. sounds real. Sounds real. Really. And we're stopped by yeah. the church in the seventeenth century. Okay. Um Yeah. So that I feel like he's dead on about. No, I think that that is probably accurate. Yeah. I'm into it. That I that I get. And you know what? I don't care. I, I I'm gonna go ahead and just say that's exactly the translation that the aliens sent, and he's right. No, yeah, they're right. Uh, he's right. Everything he said. I don't he know enough right. about, um, you know, the logistics of uh, the moons and, and the star for the different planets. Those could be right. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but if you want to read some of his nonfiction books, they include Man in the Stars. Okay. The U.S. title is Interstellar Contact, which is a worse okay. title. Um, the mysterious signals from outer space. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I like uh, new worlds for old, which is fun. Cute. 
That's a fun name too. Man and the Planets and Children from the Sky, which is by far the best one. I mean, so okay. I I'm just like it's amazing that he was able to be a respected scientist. Question. I, mean, I at think the he's same like time as all of this, renowned but maybe not respected. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. It um, is hard to know. Some of his science fiction writings include The Square Fella. Okay. Okay. All right. Tira Lira. Okay. Um, Tira Lira by the River sang Sir Lancelot. That is the full name of the of this, of this story. Are okay? you kidding me? Tira Lira by the River sang Sir Lancelot. And of course, landscape modifications in the vicinity of Highgate Cemetery. All right, that that sounds legit. That, that sounds at least fine. sounds official. No, but that's a science fiction. That's a science fiction one. Oh, that's okay. a fake, All right. fun story. All right, that got me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn it. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and buy some of these books. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and throw them in your cart. You get some of them on Audible, maybe. Speaking of Audible, he's also recorded some filk music. Okay. Oh, really? Wait. Uh, what, what year did this man die in? How he's long alive. Was... He is alive. He uh, is alive. Okay. He's 100 alive. Wow. Filk music. Do you know what this is? No, I thought you were just pronouncing folk music funny. No, it's filk. <laughs> what uh, is it? I don't know how to tell you this, but this is maybe the craziest. Uh, just finding things, finding things on the internet. I don't know scavenger hunt that I've done in a while. Filk music is a musical culture genre and community specifically tied to science fiction, fantasy, and horror fandom. What? Yeah. I can't believe we have never heard about this. I am sending this to all of our friends right now. And... uh, Filk music? Yeah. I, I don't understand why we don't know. That there's a whole genre of the exact thing that we want to do more than anything in the world. Uh, I guess it started in like the 50s and it it, it is called Filk Music, F-I-L-K. I'm looking at this Wikipedia right now. This is exactly what we want to be doing. If you gather in a home and you make music like this, it's called House Filk and that's one word. Wow. Uh, I I love this. I want to be a Filk singer. How do we how do we begin? I guess Filk has been defined as what is sung or performed by the network of people who originally gathered to sing at science fiction or fantasy conventions. Wow. Um, so in order to be a performer of it, you need to do it, I guess that it may be a convention. Filk has been defined as folk music with a science fiction or fantasy theme. This is exactly okay. what I want to do. I'd also I'd also, you know, I'd venture to say. Technically, Led Zeppelin is a filk band. I guess you're right, because they are, they're fantasy, though. They're fantasy and science fiction, and they're a filk band. I guess they are a filk band. Yeah. I guess, honestly, you could, you could categorize a lot of popular music, I think, into this if you I would say all of prog rock is filk. A lot of prog rock is a hundred percent filk. filk. I would uh, categorize some like Joanna Newsom as filk. She's for sure filk. Um, uh, I I think that there are mil- hundreds of millions of filk musicians that don't even know it. 
Even some like 80s like metal music, filk. Oh my god, full of filk. Full of filk. Well, everything Even, I started out talking about a single ghost and it's led us to filk. And for that, that I'm truly grateful. This is an, this has been another installment of really great things that you find by accident. Just like I found Stingy Jack and Tom Slick, I have also mm. found Duncan Lunan and Filk Music. Oh my god. All right, wow. well, this Thank is... Thank you, internet! This is our project for quarantine, is to come up with Filk Music. We have to make Filk Music. Yeah, I'm starting a Filk band, and I'm telling all of our friends right now. Oh my god. I'm so excited thing. about Filk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also love the name. I what do. does it mean? What does it I mean? I don't know. I hope that it's it's really pronounced Filk and not like... They have, the Wikipedia has so many variations on like the ways you can use the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Guys, look at the Wikipedia <laughs> for Filk music. It's not gonna be what you expect it to be. I I want to find some like like traditional filk, you know. Traditional filk. Traditional filk. <laughs> Maybe traditional that's our band. Yeah, I. That's gonna yeah. have to be it, dude. <laughs> wow. Fortunately, wow, wow, there is wow. a couple different places we can go and play some filk and hear it. Uh, FilkCon in Chicago, Ohio what? Valley Filk Fest, or OVFF in Columbus, Concord in LA and San Diego, um, GA wow. Filk in Atlanta, uh, Filk Ontario, obviously, you know, a couple of the, bil- the big ones, Bay Filk in Northern California. There's a lot, of, a lot of places, a lot of places. Right. Once we can go places again, we're doing it. We yeah, there's performing. also like, there's grants out there for traveling Filkers if you want. Wow. You know, there's a British Filk Fund if you Wait, need some money to make on. some Filk. Mm-hmm. British also, Filk Fund? If, you, oh. if, you're, if you really excel, there's the Pegasus Award, which is for excellence oh. in Filk. Excellence in Filk. Okay? Who gives it? Who gives it? And you that? can also, the Filk, Filk Ontario started the Filk Hall of Fame in 1995. <sighs> wow. There's just so much to get. Like, there's... This is a whole world. I do need to say, after years of amateur tape recordings made at Filk Sings, a trickle of studio-produced albums and tapes began to arrive in the 70s. These included folk songs for folks who ain't been yet. What? All right, that's the name of one recording, and also Children of the Future. Um... Okay. Children of the Future is a beautiful There title. is no... There is no bottom to how far Filk goes. We're going to have to dive all the way to the bottom. Uh, on the album Precious Friend, Peter S- Pete Peter Pete Seeger and Arlo Guthrie performed Old Time Religion in a Filk version. Okay? Did they Okay, but did they acknowledge it as a Filk version or is somebody Yes. Most of the verses of this version were by Gordon Dixon. When Seeger finally discovered this after the album was issued, he sent royalties on to Dixon. So, like, uh, what? Yes, they 100% knew that they were participating in Filk. I. Okay, when you gather and play Filk, it's called a Filk Circle. 
it's it's it i feel insane like as if you were telling me that like like jazz is a thing for the first time where it's like how did i not know this whole time it's discovering that there's a completely different branch of music that uh, that everyone literally no one knows about but pete seeger knows about is really insane and i do feel insane wait i really don't understand i don't know either guys that's real though that is 100 percent real listeners did you know did you know about filk this whole time Did you know about filk did you know about filk this whole time there's also like special times of day that you can play filk uh, you, uh, uh, apparently the only way to play filk is in a huge circle when you, when you're having a house filk starts late at night, sense. goes into the late wee hours or continuing all night. This does sound like oh. my favorite thing in the world. I think that if, if, when we have our next like Halloween in July event, it's going to commence with a filk. Oh my God. I'm throwing a filk. Yeah, you gotta throw a full filk. Wow. Wow. This is unbelievable. I really want to do this. I just want to point out, if you go far enough down in the article, the different types are listed. Bardic, token bardic, and then there's one just called chaos. (laughs) What? Is Is that like freestyle? Yeah, in a chaos circle, there is no sequential organization at all. What? I... So you just, everybody yells out? Any performer can simply begin playing a song after the prior song is finished, or any participant can shout out a request. Care must be taken to prevent two songs from starting at the same time. Well, sure, care must be taken, for sure, for sure. Frequently, the word follower is shouted in a chaos circle, meaning that a performer believes they have the perfect song to follow the prior song, and they want to play it now. Okay. So it's like all when right. you're it's like when you're like all gathered around a, a speaker system with an iPod and someone's like, ooh, 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 I know what to play next. Right? I mean a yeah, yeah. follower. And th- but then you have to sing a filk. You have to filk. Yeah, like the whole point of it is that you're in the filk circle. And somebody's filking, and you're like, oh, my God, I know the perfect filk to play after this. Yeah. And you're like, follower. I'm the follower. I'm calling it. I'm calling yeah. this lot. I get the next one. I get Dibs the next on one. The next and then yeah. if you really fuck the filk up, then that's on you. you know? I mean, yeah, you called out that you had the perfect filk to follow it up. Yeah. So, yeah, if you mess up, then, you know that's on you and you've ruined the filk for everybody until the next follower can go. There's also like a way to prevent chaos circles from being like out of control, for example, and rude. So one countermeasure they have is just for someone generally not the one in like performing right then to shout filker up, possibly pointing to the one being interrupted. Wait, what? This alerts the room. So, like, if, if anybody's being rude in the chaos circle, yeah, somebody can be can point to the person playing a filk and be like, filk her up. Like, hey, there's some guy filking his heart out. And this alerts I, the room and the interrupters to be quiet and pay attention to the filker. Okay? What are these rules? <laughs> I don't know. What are these 
pool's coming from. It's like a game. This is my religion now, and I I believe in nothing but filk. I don't understand. I love it. I Who love it. Who made the rules? Who made all these rules? I don't know, but I love it more than anything. And those are only the rules for chaos circles. There are different circles. Bardic circles and token bardic circles have completely different rules. I do like the sound of a bardic circle. I... Is this happening enough where there need to be this many rules? A hundred percent. It cannot be. But after quarantine is over, I am it will be. holding a monthly filk. Okay? Yeah. It's what's at, happening. At the very least, a, a filk for the beginning and end of every season. I am so sorry, so sorry that I have just ambushed the podcast with filk music. No. But there's no it. way that I couldn't get into this. No, I think that it's it's good that we talked about this because, you know, we just never would have known. We never would have known. And you've got to listen to me live discover my calling. Yeah, which is one of my most favorite things that happens on this show is is listening to you <laughs> just somehow stumble upon a part of the internet that I don't even know if I have access to where you are learning about I some of the craziest know. things. I don't know. This this goes in this goes in that file for sure. It's it's become a huge part of my life. I love it. It's now how I, I mean, define myself. Uh, you're a wow. filker. Filker up. I'm a filker. Okay. Filker up. All right. My family is my filk circle. Wow. Okay. I mean, I don't think <sighs> anybody's brave enough to follow your filk. Mm mm. Mm mm. Wow. Well, yeah. what do you got for me? Because I'm riding a high right now, and I, I, I could, I could use, I could use a good tail. You want? Okay. I thought you were gonna say you could use to be taken back down to earth. Oh no, I'm never coming back. I'm, I'm all Duncan Lunan, this the space alien translation of uh, <laughs> Buddhist or whatever it was. I'm full yeah. in. I'm never coming back. Oh my god! All right. I do have something for you. It's not a good, good, good ghost, but I thought I would do this because we watched uh, Ninja Turtles the other day. Yes. Um, actually, we Ninja Secret Turtles of Secret of Views. Yes, wonderful. And uh, so it got me thinking. What am I? What do I got on the brain? You know, in the wake of that, and mm-hmm. the answer was uh, the New York City sewer system. Wow! I thought you were gonna say ooze. Well, ooze is always kind of on the back burner there. Yeah. It's always there. Cool. But, so then that was like, okay, New York City sewer system. And then that kind of transmuted into uh, just a, a couple of different New York uh, urban legends that I thought I would talk about. Oh, I can't wait. I love, love New York City urban legends. Yeah. There are a lot of them. This is only a small amount. Okay, great. And you'll you'll have to forgive me. I'm begging you to forgive me if we have talked about any of them before. No, I'm sure we haven't. Well, to start, of course I had to begin with sewer alligators. Yeah, yeah. You got to. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, this is all, it's all from the New York Post. It's fine. It's fine. Reputable. Um, the panic over underground alligators began with a 1935 New York Times news report with the headline, Alligator Found in Uptown Sewer, Wow! about several people who caught and eventually, sad, killed an eight-foot gator 
Wow. Can you imagine? Found at 123rd Street and the Harlem River in an open wow. manhole. That's like really big for an alligator. Eight feet is huge. Yeah. Um, not that's in New York. Crockland. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. No, that's like a big monster. Yes. Um, not in New York, but in Paris, a Nile crocodile was captured oh. by firefighters in the sewers below the Pont Neuf Bridge in 1984. No way. That's so not that long ago. It, I know. It came wow. so far. Uh, they named the crocodile Eleanor, and she currently lives at the aquarium in Van. Wow, I love that. I love Eleanor. I love Eleanor. Um uh, so the Bowery Boys, I, I don't listen to the Bowery Boys, but I know of them. Bowery Boys' Greg Young explains, tons of rich people were bringing back exotic pets and animals between the 1920s and 40s. Um, though common legend blames people flushing baby alligators down the toilets, it's more likely they were dumped down sewer grates and manholes. Uh, which is sad. It's yeah. kind of like how... People, like, adopt rabbits on Easter and then get rid of them. Horrible. Sad. Despicable. Um, There have been about 12 sightings of alligators in the sewers over the years, but you would need many more to create a thriving colony of them beneath the city, uh, says the author of Myths and Mysteries of New York. Just four years ago, though, Joyce Hackett found herself nearly face to snout with an alligator on a side street in Queens. Face to snout. Face to snout. (laughs) Quote, there it was on the wet asphalt, crouching motionless, she wrote. Uh, I thought of my dog poised to hunt and wondered if the gator's stillness was a prelude to lunging for the ankle of one of its hecklers. It was. It definitely was. Um, But unfortunately, and this kind of surprised me, the one factor that would probably inhibit a fully grown adult gator from living too long in New York, it gets too cold in the winter. Yeah, it does. But you know what, though? Far enough underground, it may be okay. I know. That's what I was thinking. And in the sewer system with the running water. Yeah, because those hot pipes, you know. Hot pipes. You got, you know, even just like, uh, I don't know. If the people can do it, I'm sure an alligator can. Well, it's funny you mention this because next up, guess what? Oh my I'm god! Talk, just a whisper about the mole people. Oh, bless them! In 2014, diners at a West Village hotspot restaurant were startled when a subway grate on the side of Sixth Avenue lifted and a shadowy figure tossed a smoking road flare into the restaurant. Was the vandal a sign that the mole people, those who shun life above ground in favor of the city's deepest subway passages, were back and seeking revenge on surface dwellers? (laughs) I love the idea of being like, we shun this, but we are back. Yeah, and also, (laughs) why do they want revenge? I don't know. I don't know. They did it to themselves. Yeah, nobody's making you live there. Unless, you know, if you're a current underground liver right now who doesn't want to be there... We're not, you know, not directed yeah. at, not directed at no, you. Yeah, I, I, and I give you the freedom. I invite you to live wherever you want. Yeah, I'll just say that. Um, Jennifer Toth, author of the 1993 book *The Mole People: Life in the Tunnels Beneath New York City*, says right. rumors of people living underground started as early as the 1800s when the fir- when the city first started building the subway. 
funding has increased to close off abandoned tunnels to keep people from making them their homes. Hmm. But with more than 700 miles of subway tracks, she says there are plenty of people still down there. Oh, yeah. It's 100% real. Most people are 100% real. I mean, I also, once again, keep thinking about that incredible clubhouse in the Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. It's in the abandoned subway station. The greatest. The greatest. Like, of course, if that's available, you're going to live in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, I think there's a documentary about this, but there's whole communities down there. Yeah. 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 There is a huge thriving community of Mm -hmm. homeless people living under the city. Yeah. They have their own, like, economy. Yeah, like, it's kind it's of like thing. Um, almost like the Kowloon Walled City, like it's yeah. its own ecosystem. Mm. Uh, Jennifer Toth also says a common reason for delays during subway construction is when workers come across a colony of people living underground and refuse to move forward, which that, even though it is sad and there's a lot of layers there, it also scared me. The idea of like, being a construction worker and like tunneling through and then being like, what is that? Oh my God. It's like 30 people. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a community. It's basically a town. Yeah. They're all staring at me from the dark. Mm -hmm. I do love that. They're like, guess what? We, we won't do it. Yeah. We're not not tunneling through this community. Not destroying their habitat. Ugh, let them work, let them live. Good you know? job. But if that's propaganda put out by the MTA to excuse all of the, all of the, like, never, ever, ever doing any updates, yeah. no, I don't believe it. It doesn't MTA. really balance out, no. No. Next up, we have Buried Pirate Treasure on Liberty Ooh, Island. Cool. Yeah. You know we love treasure. Uh-huh. Uh, so immigrants used to pass by the Statue of Liberty with dreams that the streets in America were paved with gold. Wow. But maybe they should have been looking underneath the statue. What? That's where Captain William Kidd is said to have buried a stash of loot. He was hanged for piracy in London in 1701. Quote, it's absolutely possible that there's treasure there. But people have been searching for three centuries, says Greg Young of, again, the Bowery Boys, a blog dedicated to the history of New York. Fueling the legend is the fact that Captain Kidd lived in New York for four years in a house on Pearl Street where he could have kept an eye on the island, which is really funny. I love that so much. And also living on a street named after a precious gem is exactly what a pirate would do. A pirate's Mm. ultimate dream. Yeah, it's Um, like living on Treasure Road. I would love to, I would do anything to live on Treasure Road. Uh, but be warned, Stephanie, the treasure may be protected by g g g Whoa! Even yeah. better. Even better. One, yeah. One account says that a century after his death, some soldiers at nearby Fort Wood went to a psychic to locate the treasure, as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they followed her instructions and began digging on the next full moon. Their their shovels struck something hard. A chest. <gasps> they struck something else next. A skull. <gasps> oh. Uh-oh. Two of oh, the scariest no. things paired together. Yeah. Suddenly, an apparition rose up from the hole, cutlass <gasps> in hand, and chased the soldiers off. Come on. They, they ran. Come on. They ran away. And guess what? When they came back later, the chest was gone amazing yeah wow Um, 
we got some uh we got some empire state ones up next wow uh it has many urban legends associated with it uh tales of coins hurtling from the roof and embedding themselves in the pavement or in the skull of a passerby have been kicking around almost since the foundation was laid but quote if I hear the penny story again, I'll shoot myself, complains Le- Lydia Ruth, a spokeswoman for the Empire State Building and Observatories. I love that. It's so good. Threatening to shoot herself. Yeah. What? The official spokeswoman. That's Once gotta week, be like a, a pre-something quote she can't have oh, said yeah. that recently no i think this article is from like 10 years ago or something but still even yeah. then it's very funny i would have i i would call that an 80s quote if anything maybe oh, an early God. 90s quote it's you can't just say really... shit like that as a spokeswoman anymore unbridled yeah it's I do so Lydia. like um, go off Lydia. yeah i'll fucking shoot myself <laughs> oh god uh, once a week, I get phone calls from people trying to settle arguments and win bets, <laughs> says Lydia. Uh, she disappoints callers by explaining that the aerodynamic shape of the tower creates considerable updraft, so pennies thrown from the observation deck invariably blow back up against the structure, frequently landing on the 86th floor window ledges. There they are pocketed by maintenance workers. Um, but... Coin-tossing tales are just the tip of the iceberg. Quote, for some reason, people insist that there are aliens buried in the basement, she says. Wow. Or Hang on, wait, building... Robin. Give me two yeah. seconds. I, need to, I don't know if you can hear this, but my cats are making a lot of noise. Oh, okay. Keep talking, though. Keep talking. I'm just going to okay. get them to stop. Um, okay. Or that the building is sinking by several feet a year. Officials steadfastly claim there are no ETs stashed in the cellar and that the tower... It's firmly on bedrock, tall as it ever was. Um, I'm hello. Hello. Um, and then we've got another Empire State Building one. Mm-hmm. For centuries, sailors have feared wandering into the Bermuda Triangle, as we know, that mm-hmm. patch of the Atlantic that makes things go crazy. A few years ago, though, New York City drivers had similar fears about an equally terrifying place called Midtown. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. I understand why I am scared to go to Midtown. Yeah, I'm not going why to Midtown. Were, why were they scared to go to Midtown? Well, apparently around 2008, drivers started complaining that within a five-block radius of the Empire State Building, their cars would inexplicably die and refuse to start again. What? Uh, it was almost every day, says Ronnie Yakovovich, manager of NYC Tire and Auto Care in Hell's Kitchen. We used to pick up those cars, take them a few blocks, and they would start. Wow. His best guess is that radio signals from the broadcast beacon on the tower were disabling alarm systems in cars and preventing them from starting. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I mean, I was going to say magnets, but that's always oh, my yeah. answer for stuff is magnets. Um, yeah, I mean, there's got to be at least one ley line near here in New Radios York. Radios have got to do with magnets, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. I think yeah. that's, mm, I don't want to say what I think radio waves are, because I don't understand them. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got Super Rats of Hurricane Sandy. Oh, no. Oh, no is right. Like Splinter. Kevin. Oh, this is big Master Splinter <laughs> energy. No. 
Kevin, a 27-year-old in Borum Hill, and his roommates had lived peacefully in a fifth-floor loft for years with barely a cockroach invading the space. Uh, then the winter after Hurricane Sandy, the noises began, scratching oh and scurrying. Quote, I walked into the kitchen one day and saw a rat the size of a small <gasps> cat crawling across our food shelves. Oh, Disgusting. My God. Traps and an exterminator proved ineffective. It was baffling that the rats would find their way to the fifth floor. Then the roommates read reports about rats fleeing inland from flooded subway tunnels after Hurricane Sandy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A theory was going around that the weaker rats were wiped out and the surviving strong rats bred a new generation of tougher, meaner super rats. Christ. Um, The likelihood of Sandy breeding super rats is the same as Bigfoot, says Robert Sullivan, author of Rats, Observations on the History and Habitat of the City's Most Unwanted Inhabitants. Wow! I know. Another book we have to get. A really good book. And I also would like for Robert and uh, Lydia to be together. Oh, my God. Yeah. Perfect Um, combination. I love them together. Mm -hmm. Um, Sandy killed a lot of rats. Both big and small ones would have drowned. Kevin, though, doesn't buy it. It took him weeks to beat the super rats, who seemed to get smarter by the day. He captured them. (laughs) We know that they do get smarter, though. That's like, you know... Lab rats is a thing for a reason. That's true, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna really hate this next part. I'm so sorry. Right. He, he captured the last one accidentally cooking it while preheating his oven. <gasps> Quote, the smell of burning rat hair remained in our apartment for days, Kevin oh, says. I live god. in fear of their return. Oh my god. He has to move. Ooh. Kevin, you get out of there. At the very least, you are not allowed to use that oven ever again. Never again. Never, not even the self-cleaning again. function won't no. even help at this point. Oof. Holy All shit. Right. I got one left for you. Okay, let's have it. All right. It's uh, a couple of train myths. Ooh, Some good. of the most popular tales concern the subway system. One of the most durable concerns is what transit cops call a space case. Hmm. According to this legend, a careless commuter falls between the station platform and oncoming train. Oh, no. Yeah, in Union Square, you know that platform that moves? Yeah, when you're getting on the 6th, the worst thing yeah. in the world. Or no, that's yeah. when you're getting on the 4 or 5 at Union Square. Yeah. Going um, downtown. As, yeah, going downtown. As the engine screeches to a halt, the victim is spun around violently and wedged between the cars and the platform. Horribly squished, the strap hanger is held in place by the pressure of the train against the station floor. While the train is stopped, the individual is alive and conscious, but when the train is moved, their internal organs will rupture, causing death. It's one of the worst things a police officer can witness. There's nothing you can do. You bring in a phone line for the victim, you clear the station, and have people say their goodbyes. It doesn't happen that often, but it happens. Except, no, it doesn't, says Dr. Jesse Blumenthal, head of the trauma services at St. Vincent's Hospital. What? Totally ridiculous. Like something out of a horror movie, he says. His team handles about 100 serious subway accidents a year. Quote, people who fall between the platform and the train are crushed, not squeezed. So, rest easy knowing that that does not happen, apparently. Uh, nevertheless, this legend traveled through town more times than the A-Train. 
A few years back, city lore researchers traced the legend to a story involving a transit cop named Ronnie Johnson, but no officer by that name ever existed. <laughs> Wait, no officer in the history of New York City has ever been named Ronnie Johnson? There's no Ronnie Johnsons on file somehow. I feel like that... I feel like something got like scrubbed. I don't know. I because don't know. I feel like there's gotta have been a Ronnie Johnson. Maybe. That's that's honestly that's, that's the, the fault I find with this story. Yeah. Yeah. But there's um, no well, cop ever in the history of cops in New York named Ronnie Johnson. I bet there's a Ron Johnson, but not a Ronnie. You know. Mm, yeah, that's true. You would you'd think they would have covered their bases with like Donald Johnson, Ron yeah, Johnson, Ronald. Ronnie. Yeah. But, but no, no, they they probably just searched Ronnie. I don't know why I said Donald. <laughs> I guess I just uh, I guess I forgot, you could go about, by I forgot Donald, about the name Ronald. Ronald. No, yeah. you, no, definitely not. Donald wouldn't have been a name. At all. You never know. I don't know. Some Margarets go by Mary. Oh, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Uh, anything could happen. Hmm, um, true. But yeah, it turns out that versions of that story are told all around the country, including as plot lines on TV shows and stuff, and in the movie Signs, done to a different effect. I'm sure that that has happened as a freak thing once or twice, but it doesn't really happen with the subway. I know that I Hmm. heard that urban legend quite a bit. So, like, in this scenario, like somebody falls in between there as they're getting on the train or like, like, yeah, I think that the legend that I've heard is that if you fall into the tracks and you're trying to climb out when the train comes, that makes a lot more sense. This happens, but apparently not, which it makes sense that this wouldn't happen. Cause yeah, you would just get hit by the train. You wouldn't get like, yeah, of course you wouldn't get squeezed. Like, yeah. That's not um, how, like, physics works. Yeah, it's not how body works. Mm-mm. Like, unless you're, like, attached to the platform. Right. Uh, ba 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 Okay, and about uh, people who pee on the tracks and then are electrocuted when their pee hits the third rail, you ask? Well, electrocutions do happen, but usually to people working on the tracks or stumbling around on them, it's unlikely that someone standing on the platform would hit the third rail with their pee, Unless their aim was exceptional. And then get electrocuted through their stream of pee? Yeah. Wow. So just rest assured knowing that you're not going to get electrocuted if you was on the tracks. Don't do it, though. Yeah, I would still say don't do it. But if you do do it, you know, uh, you probably won't hit the third rail. Yeah, again, though, like, I can't stress this enough. Please don't. You I've shouldn't. Seen, I've seen so much pee in the city, so much human duke, so yeah. much just stuff I don't want to see. Um, yeah, you, you should really avoid it. I got to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But if you it, must, yeah. you know, if you must, just know that you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. But yeah. still don't. Still don't. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Lord. Well, we really did it. This was a really intense episode, chock full, dense yeah. with information. Filk full. Ooh, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. Three filks full. I'll never get over filk. Uh, I'm naming my son Filk. Filk Fagan is a 
fantastic oh moon. Phil That's Phil Fagan. He was born old. Oh, he was born during a filk circle. We're gonna have a, a baby son and put him in a, a flat cap immediately. What, put a, a man, flat cap? Put a mandolin in his little baby hands. Make Aww. him wear some kind of a tweed vest. You gotta, more than anything, introduce him to science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, he'll, honestly, he'll, he'll be the one that teaches me. He'll, oh, he'll, he'll he, come out full of tales of wonderment. He's going to be the king filker. Yeah, definitely. I will raise Ooh, him to yeah. mm-hmm. Well, I When he comes wait. out, he's going to say, uh, wait, is it following? Is that what you yell when you're the next Follower. filker? Follower. He's going to yep. yell that as he comes. And when, he, when he speaks his first you. word, I'm going to scream filker up so everyone shuts the hell up and listens oh, to my son. yeah. That is a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I think that he's going to be a follower of the chaos circle, um, if I'm being honest. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to press upon him. If he is a follower of the bard, though? If he's a bardic circle or a token bardic, I'll love him yeah. nonetheless. Okay, good. Great. Okay? As long as he accepts me and, you know, my taste, I'll... I'll not disown him. <laughs> well, that's all that one could ask. <laughs> that's way you know? too much to ask of your child. <laughs> Respect my taste. <laughs> Respect my taste. Do the kind of filking that I do as your mother. Imagine being like to your child, like, I've asked you every night for like eight years to respect my taste. Yeah. And you just don't. I know. You have your own kind of filking. It's fine, but I raised you better than that. Yeah, like you like British comedy. I don't respect my taste. Respect my taste. Well, like I, I don't like, like salty rice. sweet. You like like a saccharine sweet, but respect my taste. At the very least, yeah. respect my taste. I don't like rice. I don't like rice. <laughs> to quote my my brother's uh, reluctant childhood friend William Wassimer, I don't, I don't like, like rice. rice. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I love William. I love William Wassimer so much. I love William Wassimer. <laughs> I miss him. Will Wass, if you're out there listening to this, wherever Why don't you, you are, like rice? I miss you. Uh, do you still not like rice? What I'm is sorry about the, rice? the cafeteria ladies gave you rice every day. That was wrong of them to do. Um, but I wonder how you feel about rice now. I bet and you probably like rice now. William Wasser, email us at that's the podcast at gmail.com. Let us know about rice. Do tweet at us at spirit pod. Mm-hmm. You could find us on Instagram at that's the spirit podcast. You can. And I do want to also remind the listeners, we have over a hundred episodes in the backlog. If you're, Ooh. if you're joining us recently, there's a lot of content that you can catch up on. There's a lot. Oh, yeah. I know that we're all looking for stuff to get into during this quarantine time. Get into mm-hmm. some of our insane episodes. Uh, we're guaranteed to lose our mind on every one. Yeah, so go dig back through the archives. Follow us into oblivion, and you won't regret it. Yeah, you're going to love it, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot to say. You're going to love the way you look at it. We pretty much guarantee it. There's we a lot. It. There's a lot of stuff there, and... You know, I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. You'll get to hear us at least once, have a moment of discovery mm-hmm. on air as mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think you'll like it. I do. I do, too. And you know what? We love you. We love you so much. And we'll see you in hell. 
Okay, see you there, everyone. Love you. you. Be safe. I love you. Be safe.